0: Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John 15, okay? John chapter 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And John 15 is dealing with the vine and the branches. Very famous passage. It's dealing with producing fruit. So we'll see it as we go through it. So turning your Bibles there. We're continuing, of course, our study of the Christian life. We've been seeing great truths dealing with our lives as believers. And how can we live a life that glorifies God? In the last lesson we started looking at the whole issue of fruit. Seeing fruit in the life of the believer. And there's a whole number of areas. And um, we wanted to talk about what does it mean to be fruitful? What does all that mean? And then we think, like, what is fruit? And what, how do we produce fruit? And do all believers produce fruit? And, and so as we look this and we're continuing that. But we're also going to spend some time, if you've looked at this little outline that was on your last lesson, which is also in this lesson, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts a little bit. And that's going to be in this lesson as well. So what are spiritual gifts and how do we use them? So there's a lot in the lesson. So let's think of it this way. By the grace of God when we put our faith in Jesus Christ what does he give us eternal life i mean and so we trust in Christ for eternal life and we're saved and saved forever but god has left us on this earth to carry out his plan what's his plan what is our purpose to do what make disciples. It's that simple. And you guys really know some stuff. I mean really, you do. I'm so excited because sometimes you can ask questions and people just sit there and they don't, they don't give you any answers. And and like you should say, well they should all know this. So you ask it and nobody answers anything and you all answer everything. So it's really good. And uh, we're to lead people to Christ and then train them to reproduce themselves. But how can we do that? And how can we be fruitful believers? And one of the keys to this thing is spiritual gifts, and so we're going to talk more about that. I don't think spiritual gifts are talked about very much at all, and uh, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Uh, when I did a study, I did a study years ago on, on the Holy Spirit, and when we got to a part of the, what the Holy Spirit does at the moment of salvation, and then after salvation, at the moment of salvation, He gives spiritual gifts, uh, and so I, I spent a whole five, six, seven lessons on spiritual gifts in that study a long time ago. So there's a whole bunch about spiritual gifts in the Bible. Many believers, uh, if you say, what's your spiritual gift or gifts, a lot of people don't know, or they say things like working with children. And go, I go, that's not a spiritual gift. But anyway, so we'll, we'll look at it. So look at the outline that we have for you. This is what we started last week Is our goal is believers, and then what is fruit, and then various aspects of producing, of production of fruit, and then how to produce fruit, and then the divine abilities to produce fruit. That's a spiritual gift. We'll talk about that. And then we'll even raise the question, why produce fruit? And then sort of a, a little summary. So that's where we are. And we did the first three last time. And I'm going to, I'll just review it real quickly. We did the first three areas last time. And we'll really get into the details tonight, beginning at, at number four. But let's think about this. What as our goal, what was our goal as believers? It is that we would bring glory to Jesus Christ, that we would glorify Jesus Christ. In fact, John 15, verse 8 says that when we produce fruit, God is glorified. So our real goal is that we would glorify God in our lives. That's the key. And then we raised the question, what is fruit? And there were the three things. What were the three things that you can write them down? What was the first one? Making disciples. Making disciples involves what two things? Okay, make disciples. And it involves evangelism and training. And you know a lot of people when they thought about producing fruit I may have people say well producing fruit is leading somebody to Christ. When Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1 verse 13 he says I'm going to come see you so that we can have fruit with one another. He's talking to believers. He's not talking about leading the Romans to Christ. They're already believers. He's talking about continuing on. So evangelism and training making disciples. What was the second one? The, the, the character that comes out and that's what we call that the what? fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. What was the third thing? Doing good 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 deeds. deeds. Ephesians 2.10, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. And it's just all throughout the scripture that one of the things we're to do is to do good deeds. Now, let me ask you a question. Do good deeds have anything to do with salvation? No, they don't. And the world is so mixed up. And most people, if you talk to them and you think does doing good, have anything to do with with salvation, they'll do two things. They'll either say, yes, you need to do good works in order to be saved. Or they'll say, well, they don't really have anything to do with salvation. But if you are saved, you will do good works. And so what they're really saying is, if you don't do good works, you're not what? You're not saved. So it's good works. It's called front-loading and back-loading. Regardless, they're saying you have to have good works in order to be saved. And salvation is a gift by faith alone in Christ alone. Okay, the third thing that we had was various aspects of the production of fruit. And A, what we put down there was, are there different levels of bearing fruit? That's that one. We, we talked about it last time. Are there different levels? something. You, oh, oh, good. Okay, I thought I need, I need to pick that up for you. Okay, so are there different levels? What's the answer? Are there different levels? Yes. yes. In John 15, what do we find? No fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. So there's really four different levels. That, that's really pretty much an amazing thing. And if you remember, we also tied that in with the, the that's John 15, but we tied that in with the parable of the soils. And we talked about that, that the first seed gets out there and it gets to the soil, but it never gets in there. That's, that's no fruit. I mean, that's nothing, you know. That's, and then you got the one that, that uh, lands and, and uh, it receives it, but then it just fades back away. They're not producing any fruit. Then you got the one that gets there and thorns and thistles and it no And then you got the one that's producing and it's 30, 60, 100. So that's fruit, more fruit. Much fruit. So that, that's that's what we see. It all ties together. I think the second big question that we had that was B is: Will a believer bear fruit, or or and or will we see it? Will a believer bear fruit? Yes, I know. Most likely. I mean, it would be it would seem to be strange to me that a person could put their faith in Christ and then produce no fruit ever in their life. I mean, even when you trust Christ, having been justified by faith, what do you have? Peace with God. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. So on. I mean, it would seem strange that a person would trust Christ and not have any fruit at all. But it does say it, it, that one that is not producing fruit, he lifts up. So it's possible. And the other part of the question was, will we be able to tell uh, if a person is producing fruit or is a believer by their fruit, we'd say, no, you can't. In fact, as I've got down there, you could be, under the good, it could be a, a believer living good, or it could be an unbeliever living good. Under the bad, it could be a believer living bad. It could be an unbeliever living bad. So you, you can't tell by lifestyle. Uh, I, I, I've told you all this. If you saw my lifestyle before I trusted Christ when I was 19, you would probably think I was a Christian. If you saw my lifestyle a certain number of years after I became a Christian, a couple of you, you might say he, he may not be a Christian. So you can't go by lifestyle. You just can't do it. And, and, and so the bottom line is, uh, the only way you can tell is what? By the, by the message, yeah, yeah, by what you say. Okay, so that's where we got to last time. And now we're into this section on how to produce fruit. And we're in John chapter 15, and our goal is to be fruitful. How do we do that? Look what Jesus says in John 15 verse 1. Jesus says, "I'm the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser." Now what he's doing is he, he's he's given this analogy, and every one of the, every one of these guys would understand it. Because what what is he, what the vines of what? What is that? What is they producing? What is this? The gra- yeah grapes. This is the, so here's this here's this vine, and there's little branches on it, right? Right. So he says, "I'm the what? I'm the true vine." And uh, and my Father is the vine dresser. My Father takes care of everything. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, there's branches in him. We use the analogy, if you're in Christ, most likely he's talking about what? The believers. And he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. And every branch that bears fruit, and he prunes it so it bears more fruit. So here's this idea, he's talking about how do we get fruit. And if you go down to 15, this is where your little blank is, John 15:5, he says, I am the vine, Jesus is the what? Vine. And we are the what? The branches, That's what he says. And so the bottom line is we start thinking about this. He's the vine, we're the branches. He's using this connection thing. And the bottom line is how in the world do you produce fruit? If he's the vine, we're the branches. How do we produce fruit? We have to do what? Anybody know? What's the word that's used over and over? Listen to this. Just listen. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit takes away a branch. Okay. He says, "You are." Right. Then verse five, four. Abide in me, and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit unless it what abides in the vine. Then verse five. I am the vine, you the branches. He who abides in me, uh, uh, and I in him, he bears much fruit. Uh, verse 6, if you do not abide. What's the key to the whole passage? Abiding. Abiding means what? It means remaining. It has that idea of fellowship. You're right. We're, the idea is that we're in connection with Him. And we stay in a connection with Him. And we know that, that the moment you trust Christ as Savior, you're born again, you're in, a, you're in the family of God, you're a child of God. But you can get out of fellowship. And getting out of fellowship is not abiding. Getting out of fellowship has got sin in your life. And so he says, if you want to produce fruit, what do you got to do? What do you got, you got to abide. You got to stay in fellowship, and and look at verse four again. He, he said, "Abide in me, and I in you, because as a branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. If this branch gets broken off, is it going to produce grapes? No. And so he, that branch is not abiding anymore. He's using that analogy. He says, if you're abiding as a branch, as a branch that, that doesn't is as a branch that cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, you can't either. So I'm the vine. You're the branches." He who abides in me and I in him, there's a connection there. He bears what? Fruit. Much fruit. Look at this. This is, this is the key to the whole thing. And so, but then where you have uh, four and five there and talking about abiding. And the, the, the main thing is that fellowship with him, abiding with him. And we're going to talk more about it in just a minute. Uh, if you go, I think the top of, well, stay down there because the bottom line is it's, it's the connection. It's the connection. And look at uh, uh, 15 verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will what? Abide in my love. How do we stay close to him? We obey him, right? Jesus said that I showed that the Father loved me and I loved the Father by obeying my Father. He basically, How do we show love? How do we show we love God? We obey him. It's really, that's what he says. And when we're obeying him, we're what? Abiding, and when we're abiding, we're producing what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can be fruit, or more fruit, or much fruit. It's just according. And, and the bottom line, and you've heard me say this over and over again, bottom line is faithfulness. That's what it boils down to in every aspect of everything we do. And that is just be faithful. Because we say, well, go. what do we want to hear him say? Well done, good, and faithful. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. It's not the amount of time. It's not the abilities. It's not all that. It's just being faithful, what God has given us. If you look at the top of the next page, the ultimate goal, John fifteen, eight, my father is what? Glorified, glorified by this that you bear much fruit. So the Father is glorified. That's the goal. And we've talked about that over and over again. We want, we want to do that. So think about this. If you if you looked at your life and and it's sometimes it's good to to stop and say where am I? And you could say am I am I the one that that got it? That believed but had no root? And when when the trials and problems and things of life I just kind of faded. Now let me just say this. I don't think anybody knows this. I mean you wouldn't even be here tonight if you were faded. There may have been some people who signed up for the class and never have showed up much. they might have faded, but the bottom line is you're not one of those and then there there's there's another aspect that did you are you the one that got it? but the cares of the world and the riches of the world have just stymied everything and there could be somebody like that there's sometimes there are people who I don't mean this are so bad, but there're people who come to church some and their only connection is every now and coming every now and then coming to church where do they serve? What are they doing? Are they, you know, where are they? And then and then there's those who get it. You got it. And then you begin to produce fruit, 30, 60, 100, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. I mean, this is, this is what I see in the Scripture. And I think the goal is that we would be fruitful. The goal is abide in Him. He says, apart from me, you can do what? Absolutely nothing. See, that's the most amazing thing. You got, every one of us are, uh, we're, let's just say we are gifted. Many of you are very talented. Many of you have all kind of abilities. There are so many things we can do, but unless you're connected with your Savior, then what you're producing is not really fruit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sometime between three and four. Oh, between producing fruit? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, that's a great question. I mean, the bottom line is we don't do this, okay? I trusted Jesus, and I'm... I'm growing, right? That isn't the way it works, right? What happens a lot is we trust Christ, and we're pumped. Woohoo! I'm growing. And then something happens. And then then you... And then as years go... This is what it's really like. That's what it's really... Right? That's what it's like. Right? You're growing in the what? The grace and knowledge of Christ... Now, it'd be ideal if this is what happened, and all, but but life is ups and downs, and there are times in our lives that we just uh, probably every one of us could say, well, there was a time I really was going, and then there was some times in my life I, I wasn't going too good, and and now I'm going a lot better, and I we all know. That, listen, I hate to say this, but there are people that uh, I mean they'll come and they'll say, oh, I, I I'm learning some, oh, I, can, I can't believe how great this is, I love it, and then three years later you never see them again. You don't even know where they are. And they'll say, Well, things came up. Things came up. And what you really want is consistency, faithfulness. As we said, ministry, most of about 80% of ministry is showing up. Just being there. Just being there. Showing up, learning, growing, taking. And we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts in just a minute, but th- that's the key is to just being used by God. And just all you say is, God, take my life, use me for your glory. That's all I care about. So you're right you're right we're we're up and down and in and out, and uh you know what's great is for us you can never lose what you what you're losing down here. Is probably the opportunity. You know, you, when we say lose rewards, you can't lose rewards. If you have a reward, you're gonna get that reward. When we say losing rewards, what we're meaning is you're losing the opportunities to gain the rewards. If you're out of fellowship with God and you're not able to serve Him, you're not getting rewards. It's not that you're losing rewards; you're not getting the rewards you could have gotten. And that's when we stand before Christ and we're ashamed that is coming. First John two twenty eight. It's we're not ashamed of coming because of our sin. Sin's already been gone. We're ashamed it is coming because we didn't do more, because we didn't, we didn't live for him. We didn't serve him with all the opportunities, with all the gifts, talents, and abilities, with all the, I mean, I, I think about people, I've talked to people in our church, and I'll say, have you ever taken a SBI class? No. Have you ever come to a group group? No. Have you ever done? No. Why? Why not? You know, what's the deal? Think of all the opportunities that you have just in this church to grow, to get in a small group, to get in a Bible study. To, to, do, I mean, there's just so much stuff, and and so it is. I think there's going to be a lot of people who'll say, um, "I just didn't do much." I just didn't do much. I always think about Schindler's List. Did y'all see who saw the movie? Anybody saw the movie? Arthur Schindler? You remember at the very end, what was he saying? I could have done more. I should have saved more. He tried to save so many Jewish people's lives in the Holocaust. And, then he, and, he, and he looked at one time, and he looked at his ring, and he said, I should, have just, I should have done more. I could have done more. I'm afraid all of us are going to stand before Jesus and say, "Ah, we could have done a lot more. We should have done a lot more. We, we should have been more faithful. We should have been there. We should have used our gifts and our abilities. We, sh- we should have done these things. And so what we want to hear him say is, well done. We want it says, by this, by this, the Father is glorified that you bear, what? Much fruit. His plan is, let me tell you, when we're here, he's not glorified, right? When we're going, when we're growing and we're serving and we're doing this, he's glorified. You'll realize that He'll take your life and my life, which we deserve absolutely nothing. We deserve absolutely nothing. You can't say, I deserve to do this. You don't deserve anything. None of us, in fact, well, if we get what we deserve, it's to go to hell. But we don't go to hell because we get the grace of God. And He says, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to use you to carry out my ministry. Every one of us in this room, we get to be used by God to carry out His plan. What's His plan? To do what? Make disciples. disciples. That's what He told them. He came up, Jesus came up and spoke, saying all the has been given to Him and Earth. go ye therefore and make disciples. That's the plan. So we get to do it. It's just, it's unbelievable. So with that in mind then, let's think about spiritual gifts because I've got number five there says, divine abilities to produce fruit. Spiritual gifts. So how, what does God give to us so that we can use, be used by him to do this, to, to abide and produce fruit? Because he doesn't just put us out here and say, you're pretty much on your own. He didn't say that. He says, I'm going to give you. Listen to what he's given us. Has he given you the complete, perfect word of God? Has he given you spiritual gifts? Has he given you the Holy Spirit? Has He given you fellow believers? I mean, think about all these different things He's given you. And He says, "Now, serve Me." And we go, "I, I can't do anything." Is it what? No. I gave you spiritual gifts. I gave you the Holy Spirit. I gave you the Bible. I gave you fellow believers. I gave you of opportunities. What do you mean you can't do anything? Who does that sound like? It sounds like Moses who said, "Well, you can't talk very well." He said, "Who made your mouth? Who made your mouth?" I've had people come to me and say, "I can't memorize verses." I said, "Really? You don't have a mind?" Well, I just—they're I just, real hard for me. I said, "They're real hard for a lot of people." So you're telling us that when the Bible says put God's word in your brain, you're not capable of putting God's word in your brain? I mean, there may be a few people who just maybe some something's wrong, with, but we can we can memorize the Bible, we can learn the Bible, we can know the truth. So let's talk about. Uh, spiritual gifts okay the divine abilities what are spiritual gifts how do we use them uh, uh, th- listen I think that probably I'm just guessing probably close to 80 percent of believers not only don't even know what their gifts are and even if they do know them they aren't using them and I think if you went to church after church after church and asked people what are your spiritual gifts and how are you serving I think most of them would go, I don't know what you're talking about I don't know what you're talking about. And so let's talk about uh, spiritual gifts. So I've got three big questions, okay? Number one, or three big things. Number one, what are spiritual gifts? Because you have at least one. If you know Christ as Savior, and I'm, I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming that every one of us in this room have trusted Christ, so we'd say, yeah, we have. So you have at least one gift. So number two, number two, what are spiritual gifts? Number two, the giving of the gifts. We're going to talk about the giving of the gifts. And then number three, the purpose, the purpose of spiritual gifts. Okay, so let's start with the first one. What are spiritual gifts? You know, as we go through the Bible, there are places that mention spiritual gifts. There are places that talk, there are even places that list different spiritual gifts. So what is a spiritual gift? definition is, it is a divine enablement. You could put it this way, a divine enablement, a divine enablement of special ability, a divine enablement enablement of special ability given to believers. To serve within the body of Christ. A divine enablement of special ability given to believers to serve in the body of Christ. And that's you. That's you. And if you don't know right now, you should be saying to yourself, I wonder what my spiritual gift or gifts are. I wonder what they are. If you don't know. Okay, a believer has the ability to do something in God's power, which is to be used. It's special. We're not talking about a talent. We're not talking about being able to play the piano. We're not talking about some aptitude. Oh, I just love children. I have the gift of children. There's no gift of children. Okay? Okay. So the bottom line is we're not talking about the ability to, like, play an instrument, even though you say, oh, I have to practice. But, you know, listen, I could practice a million hours. I can't play an instrument. I don't have those talents i don't have but I have spiritual gifts which are different than those kind of talents, so Ron Showers, who was the president of Philadelphia College of the Bible, he said a spiritual gift you don't have to write this down is a particular ability to minister to other people given graciously by God. You have particular abilities they're in the, they they're listed in the Bible, they're gifts that God gave to you. And, and we all have them, in fact, right down there, First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7. if you want to flip over to First Corinthians chapter 12, because we'll be there for just a little bit after that, I'll, just, I'll hold you there and I'll go to some other places. First Corinthians 12:7 says, "To each one of us is given the manifestation of the spirit, that's the gifts. For the what? For the what? Common good. Gifts are given for others." To use for others. So if whatever gift or gifts you have, you gotta remember those spiritual gifts are given for you to serve other people, to do things. It's for the common good. He's talking about the body. He's writing to Christians, and he's saying that the spiritual gifts are given. Uh, for the common good. So let's talk about the second part, number two down there, which says the giving of the gifts. Well, when do we get the gifts? And who gives the gifts? And how, and how does it all work? Well, you get the gifts at the moment of salvation. The moment you believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit gifts you. And here's why we know that. Number one, if he didn't, there would be Christians without gifts. You could say, well, you, you know, you're saved, but you ain't got your gift yet. You know, you may get your gift when you're 30. You may, No, at the moment you believe, you got, you got your gifts. The, it happens then when you're placed in the body of Christ and you're gifted. And he, he talks about it in 1 Corinthians 12 about how the, the Holy Spirit gives to each one. Now, with that in mind, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 11 says, It is one and the same Spirit who works all these things distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So the Holy Spirit actually gave you... The spiritual gift or gifts that you had? Now we're going to don't more about it in just a second. So, so just think about this. When you trusted Christ, okay, let me ask you this. Um, it, did anybody in here trust Christ to say as young as six years old? Yep. Who did? Me. Okay. And that, when did you get your spiritual gifts? Right then. Right then, six years old. When did you use them? No. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for that special. See, we—he's waiting for that time. But anyway, the, I mean, think about this: what, what if you're 20 and you and you trust Christ when do you get your spiritual gifts, right then? So the bottom line is, let, let's let's pretend that there's a guy, he's eight years old, he trusts Christ as Savior, and God has given him the spiritual gift of teaching. Does that mean at eight years old suddenly be able to stand up and teach? No, if he's got to grow himself, he's got to grow and develop. But there's going to come a time that God is going to take those gifts and use them. Okay, when I was 19 and I trusted Christ, what what gift did He give me, or at least one gift? What do you think? Teaching. Teaching. Okay, did I teach right then? No, I didn't. I didn't. That, uh, I was. Well, no, I was still I was still in college, but I was coaching, but I, I wasn't using. Th- there are a lot of, there, there are good people who may be teachers, but that doesn't mean because they're a good teacher, that's the spiritual gift of teaching. They may not even be a believer. I've known some people that weren't believers who were really good teachers. So just because, I might have been a good coach, but that didn't necessarily mean when I'm coaching, I'm using a spiritual gift of teaching. Okay, but it could. It could, it could, it could, it could, it could so yeah. Even like at six, when you get your spiritual gifts, But you might be a kid. Well, yeah, if you've got the it's gift it's to help, see, so yeah. It's going to happen in it, your personality it, it whether you want it to or not. Could. Well, <laughs> maybe, and, and maybe there may be people with a gift to teach and never teach. Never teach, yeah. never help. I mean, it, that you've got to be faithful. I mean, or else he would just say, don't worry about it. You're just going to automatically do what I've gifted you to do. That doesn't happen. Okay, so so let's think about this the moment you believe you get spiritual gifts in fact ephesians four seven says to each one was given the grace first Peter listen to this first Peter 4 ten says has as each one has received a gift so what is he saying everybody's got a spiritual gift so if you want to go at the top of the next page where it says first Peter 4 ten everyone has at least a, a Everybody's got a spiritual gift. Now, there's four things I want you to think about. And I want you to think about yourself, okay? In fact, right now, if you have, if you thought about this, say, what would be my, just think about it out what would be my spiritual gift, me and you? What would be your spiritual gifts or gifts? You may have more than one. I actually think I have two. I think I have the gift of teaching. And I think I have the gift of pastor teaching. That's a gift also. Pastor, teacher, and teaching. I may have two. And it could be, there may be another. How many, let me ask you a question. Think about Paul the apostle. How many gifts did he have? Name some of his gifts. Uh, he was a prophet. That's a, there's a gift of prophecy. Prophet. He was an apostle. He was a teacher. He had the gift of tongues. He had the gift of healing. Huh? Evangelism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, think about it. Oh, we already got six right there on Paul. Now, there aren't any apostles and prophets anymore. They're they're the foundation of the church. But let's just just think about that. So let me give you some five points, okay? Number one, number one is this. Every believer has at least one spiritual gift. Every believer has at least one. So you have a spiritual gift. And I'll tell you this, a lot of times we'll have like membership training. And so it'll be, we'll be, somehow somebody will bring it up, and I'll say, okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you in you in here know what your spiritual gift or gifts are? And maybe a third of the people will raise their hand. Two-thirds won't raise their hand at all. They're, basically, two-thirds of them are saying they don't know. The one-third that says they do know, I say, what do you think your gift is? And about half of them give a gift that's not listed, that's not a scriptural gift. Uh, I have the gift of Children. Of working with you, I said, producing children, working with What's your yeah, you know. gift? <laughs> well, so it's just amazing. Oh, I love to work with youth. I have the gift of youth. I said, what does that mean? Where do you see that in the scripture? Where, where do you, Are there lists of gifts in the scripture? Yes, there are. And we'll talk about it in a minute. So, number one, every believer has at least one spiritual gift. Number two, you may have more than one gift. You may have more than one gift. Let me, let me say this too, whenever, whenever, you, whenever you find out what your gift is, or gifts, and you actually got, start using them, you're so pumped it's hard to believe, because what will happen is God will use you, you will use your <laughs> gifts, and you go, oh, I can't believe this, uh, this is so great, uh, I bet everybody wishes they had this gift. Because if you've got the gift of teaching or you've got the gift of helps, let's say you've got the gift of helps. A lot of people have the gift of helps. Let's say you've got the gift of helps and you're helping somebody. In your mind, you're saying this is the best thing that ever could be. This is the best thing. I bet everybody wishes they had the gift of helps. That's how you think. If a person like me gets to teach and I'm teaching, I'm saying, this is the most fun thing that's ever been in the world. I bet everybody wishes they had the gift of teaching. A lot of you say, I don't want the gift of teaching. I don't want to get it. Right? Because you don't have it. But people who have it are saying, "Uh, excuse me, I'd like to stand up there and do some talking please." See, so once you, if you, when you exercise your gift, all of a sudden, the world changes. Okay, number three, number three, you will not have all the gifts. You know why? If you had all the gifts, you don't need anybody else. What is First Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 talking about? It's talking about spiritual gifts, and it's talking about the body, one body, many members, everybody's needed. If everybody, if you got all the spiritual gifts, you don't need anybody else, right? You got them all. You can't have them all. He doesn't do it that way. He doesn't do it that way. And there's some people who teach that, that everybody ought to have cer- certain gifts. Well, no, not everybody has all the gifts. In fact, when you read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, Paul said, Does all, everybody have this gift? The answer is no. I have some people who tell me, Well, everybody should have that gift. I said, Well, only if God gives it to them. Okay? Number four, gifts are essential to the functioning of the body. Gifts are are essential to the functioning of the body. The, the church, the body of Christ, cannot function without, without people using their gifts. won't work. Look at First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verse 12 for a second, okay? Anybody got that written down? Look what he says. He says, for even as the body is one, one body, but it has a lot of what? A lot of members and all the members of the body though there are many they are one body so is Christ he says like the body of Christ is one body with many members just like you got a body it's one body but many members for by one spirit we are all baptized what does baptized mean? placed in union by one spirit we are all baptized placed in union into one body whether Jew or Greek, slave or free we are all made to drink of one spirit and we are all placed in the body of Christ for the body is not one member but what? many and the foot can't say I don't need you if the foot can't say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not, foot can't, foot say, I'm not the hand, so I'm not part of the body. Because I'm down here in a shoe and everything's all cramped and the hand gets to wave and everything is not fair, right? That's what, you know, he says, but he says, is it any reason part of the body? And if the ear said, no, I'm not an eye, I'm over here on the side, I stick out, I don't look that good, the eye, they're blue, they look good, I mean, they get to look right at people's ear, i people hit you on the ear. I mean, you know, the ear is not near as much fun as an eye. And then he says something like this, but what if the whole body were an eye? Where would the hearing be, right? If the whole, what would the, if, if the whole body, if, if, where would the sense of smell be? If You know, he says, God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desires. So every one of us have gifts, talents. But let me, let me say something to you. There are upfront gifts and there are behind-the-scenes gifts. Upfront gifts are stuff like teaching and pastor-teacher and those things. And a lot of people think they're the better gifts. They're not. Listen, the person that comes and says, I'm going to set the chairs up, gift of helps, that's just as important, just as vital, and just as rewarded. If a person thinks because a teacher, a teacher's going to get a greater reward, no, no, no. They get a greater judgment, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, you know, if the, the person who says, all I did was set up the chairs for 25 years, well done what good and faithful servant and the guy says well all i did was teach for 25 years well done good they all are the same you i can't say uh, i'm better than the ear the ear no the toe can't say get me out of here and let me do something important let me tell you cut off your big toe and tell me how important it is right you hurt your little finger Everything hurts when you hurt your little finger, right? I mean, just the bottom, the body fits together. And in that same way, we're all essential, whatever your gifts are. Listen, I, I, Did you, you know this, y'all. You know this, that in a church, about 20% of the people do almost all the ministry. That means 80% of the people kind of sit around. And you know what they actually think? It doesn't matter what we do because, see, we're toes or ears, and so the eyes and the hands and everything, got it made, so we'll just let them do everything, because it doesn't really matter what we do. The truth is, the body can't function, and that's why the church is not very vital in this community or in the whole world, because three-quarters of the people in the church don't do anything, because they don't think they're important, or they just say, well, you know, it doesn't really matter, it doesn't matter. I've had people say, oh, it doesn't matter whether we're there on a Sunday. I said, it matters to me. So that it matters to me when you come in that door, it affects me. Do y'all realize that? When you come in the door, it affects me in a good way. I go, wow, they're here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. I know when you're not there. I'm mad about it, too, when you're not there. No. <laughs> okay, number five, you cannot lose your gifts. You can't lose them. Somebody said, well, if you don't, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're a bad teacher, if you don't teach, if you don't, uh, you know, you'll lose the gift of teaching. And he says, the gifts of God are without a change of mind. Whatever he gives you, you you got it. And you're supposed to use it. That's really the key. I got a question. What if you think you're not a teacher? Huh? What, do you, what if you think you're not a teacher? What if you think you're not a teacher? God has thrown me into this world of teaching online and all am and I don't think I'm a teacher. Well, let me just say this. It seems to me that every time you teach, of what I've seen of you teach, there's a good response. Did you not teach uh, those guys on that ship? Yeah. Did you not teach some people? on? See, she does a lot of Internet stuff, right? Yeah. And, and you had good feedback. Had you, do you have good healthcare. feedback in it? Yeah. Okay, so why would you think you're not a teacher? I don't feel like I'm a teacher. I feel like I'm failing. Well, I don't... Well, the truth is, we all could say we don't feel like we're doing a lot. But the truth is, you have the Holy Spirit. Yep. Do you teach them the Bible? Yep. Do you love them? Mm-hmm. Do you have feedback from them? Yep. What else could you want? And we'll have feedback again if I get my earpiece. Okay, but so that's the bottom line. Is is now you may say there 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 may be people who somebody said you need to be teaching this, and they go, I don't want, I don't. Want to teach? I don't like to. I don't want to study. See, if a person who has to get to teaching, they they're not they're going to number one do want to do two things. They're going to want to study, and they're going to they're going to want to tell it to somebody else. Okay, that's okay. Well, that's what that's what a teacher does. If let me tell you, you can't be a teacher if you don't study. You may say I'm a teacher, and if they don't study, you're not a teacher. Let me tell you, you just need to find something else. But so, I, I think you do fine. I wouldn't worry about it if God gives you those opportunities, huh? Well, that's okay. We're all that way. If you knew everything, you'd be God. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you. Something in me I don't know. Yeah. Well, all you have to say is, I don't know that, but I'll look it up and see if I can find it for you. Then I call me. That's it. when you call me. Yeah, just call me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, you cannot lose your gifts. Now let's look at something who gave the gifts or who and, and bottom line is it's the the Godhead Write down the Godhead okay because I want you to see something the, the emphasis huh the Godhead the Father son the Holy Spirit let me just let me write this down just to make sure you got it when you think about the giving of the spiritual gifts uh the emphasis is there's the Father son and Holy Spirit. And the emphasis in 1 Corinthians is the Holy Spirit is giving the gifts. But I want you to see something because this is also in 1 Corinthians. Look at chapter 12. Look at verse 4. There are varieties of gifts, but the same what? Spirit. Okay, that's the Holy Spirit. Okay, so out by verse 4 where it says gifts by the, right, the Spirit. Okay, then look at verse 5. And there are varieties of ministries, but it is the same what? The Lord. That's Jesus. Okay, so right Lord. And then look at the third one, 6. There are varieties of effects, but it is the same what? God. So if you think about it, you've got in verse 12, you've got the Spirit. In verse, oh, excuse me, verse 4, you've got the Spirit. In verse 5, you've got the Son, the Lord. In verse 6, you've got God, the Father. They are. And and notice what he says about these spiritual gifts. He says, first of all, there are varieties of gifts. What does that mean? There are, there are a lot of different kind of what? Gifts. And then he says... And there are varieties of ministries. That means those gifts can be used to do a lot of different what? Ministries. And then look at the third thing. And there are varieties of, what does it say? Effects. So all those, those gifts and different ministries all have different effects. So you can just see this. Let me, let me ask you something. Just, just, just think of the gift of helps, okay? How many places in this church... Could someone use the gift of helps? Oh, yeah. In almost everything. Everybody says something like this. I've talked to people and they'll say, well, I, I think, I mean, I, have not, I just have the gift of helps. That's all I have. That's all you have? That can be used in any place. Look, the gift of teaching can only be used in a couple of places. Gift of teaching can only be used in a couple of places, right? Can the gift of helps be used in every part of this body? Listen, so if you want to talk about what's important... Gift of help. So if you say, I got the gift of helps, don't say get the helps. Say, I've got the gift of helps. I can do just about anything that God will let me do. See, so it's so amazing. So when we think about it, the Godhead, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit do it. But in the emphasis, and this is at the, I guess, the bottom of the page. Let me look and do it. Yeah, and the bottom of the page there, if you notice, chapter 12 verse 11 says but one in the same spirit works all these things and then back at verse 7 it says the manifestation of the spirit gives this and then in verses 9 10 and 11 he says one has to get the gift of faith by the Spirit. One has to get to something by the Spirit. So the emphasis in chapter twelve of First Corinthians is the Spirit giving the gifts. But he mentions Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So in reality, you could say who gives the spiritual gifts? You could say the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but the emphasis seems to be who gives the who gives the gifts. Holy Spirit does. Yeah, that's what it seems. That's the emphasis. Now you might say, Well, what are these gifts? Let me just let you write something down at the bottom of that page. Here's the place to go in the scripture for the list of spiritual gifts. Okay, you ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's going to be real easy to remember. Get this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4. That's the four places in the Bible in which gifts are listed. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. Now, let me just throw something out. I don't want to go into a lot of detail. In fact, I didn't even put it really in the lesson. If you look in the Scripture, in all those places, and put them all together, you'll find that there are about 18 spiritual gifts listed in the Scripture. 18. The, the best way to look at that, and this is how we look at it, is that there are nine permanent gifts and there were nine what we call temporary gifts what were used at the beginning of the church as called foundational or sign gifts. Now that's how we look at it. So you can look at it any way you want to. You study the scripture, you put it together. That's how we look at it. We have a spiritual gift inventory that if you join the church, one of the things we do when you join the church, we give you a spiritual gift inventory and you fill it out and it's supposed to help you figure out maybe what your gifts or gifts you know, gift or gifts are. If you've not ever taken that, if you want it, just remind me. We'll get you one. Come by the office. You can fill it out and and, and just by just your answers, if you ask, you know, Dan, you know, it'll come up and you'll say, well, it looks like, I'm I'm not going to say to you that that one thing that we made up is going to say, this is your spiritual gift. It's going to say, based on your answers, this appears to be where you're gifted. I mean, if a person puts down all these things and it ends up being like a hundred and something points and it's teaching, I say, you know. By your answers, apparently you you may have the gift of teaching, and most people was in fact we ask people when you take this, does it seem to fit you? And almost everybody says that yeah, it's pretty much pretty much me. So uh, if you ever want to take that, if you haven't looked at it, uh, it, it's it's you know there's gifts like we would say gifts like uh, teaching and pastor teacher and administration and helps and giving and mercy and and those those are all those are gifts. That are for today. If you say, what's the gift of mercy? Gift of mercy is a person will, will do things for people that other people won't do. There'll be somebody over there throwing up and we'll go, God gracious. The other person will go, let me go ahead. That's gift of mercy. Or that When they look at somebody, they, 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 they see a desire to help them where other people go, oh, I ain't going over there. It's like uh, I read a story of a of a lady that worked with a leper colony. We mentioned it last Sunday about a leper colony, and this newspaper person was interviewing them, and they came up and they were watching them, and they were taking pictures, and they pulled the rag off of the skin, and the person said, "Ugh, ugh! I don't know how you do that. I wouldn't do that for a million dollars." And the lady said, "I wouldn't do it for a million dollars, but I'd do it for Jesus." Mm-hmm. And and it's, you know, some people they they just they just can do it. Some people can teach. Some people, they're just always there at the right time. There's some people that they'll walk in and I'll say, okay, let's move this over here and let's get this right here. If we, I need three people over They got the to get the administration. Yeah, well. I got that one. <laughs> Susie has that one. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what? Oh, it's on the website too. Yeah, you can go to the website and get it. Yeah, under resources. So, yeah. Yeah. No, we made ours up. Yeah. Ours, ours, actually, we think ours matches the Bible. I mean, there's some today that, like, there, there's one I went to the other day just to look at it, and it says, the gift of prophecy. Okay, now, what is the gift of prophecy? You may know? That's, that's getting direct revelation from God. That's what a prophet is. Well, their definition of prophecy was a person who speaks with authority. No, that's not prophecy. And so they'd say, you have the gift of prophecy because you speak with authority. And i go, no, you're just, you're just bossy like Susie. If you, you, that's <laughs> not prophecy. That's a lot, that's a lot yeah, like uh, the gift of bossy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gift of bossy. And... Anyway, so you've got to be real careful because there's a million of them out there. And a lot of them, to me, are, are, are not very well done. That's just, just how I look at it. But you do whatever you want. Okay, we've got we to go a little faster, don't we? Where are we? Purpose of the gifts, Number is that three. where we are? Yeah. Yeah. Number three. Okay, so why did God give these gifts? A. A, to accomplish the ministry that God desires. To accomplish the ministry that God desires. Okay, that's A. He wants to accomplish ministry. Okay? Okay. B, to equip believers to serve. B, to equip believers to serve. That's why he gave us gifts. So we can carry out his ministry, so we can equip fellow believers. And then the third reason is to glorify God. Why would God give these gifts? Accomplish ministry, equip believers, glorify God. So let's go, we'll go quickly through this because we've kind of mentioned on this a little bit. A, A is to accomplish the ministry. Why would he give the gifts? So that he can carry out the, so that we can carry it out. God takes people and he uses us. Let me ask you something. Could God tell the gospel message using angels only? Could he? Yeah, he could. He could do it. He could do. But he says, "I'm not using angels. Who's he using? Us. Us. Yeah. What was A? A is um, accomplish the ministry. Okay, and that's where we are right now. The big A, where we're talking about it. God uses people to accomplish His plans. And and who gets to tell people about salvation? We do. Who get? By the way, who gets to train believers? We do. We do. Think about it. I mean, what if God? had it fixed that the moment you trust Christ suddenly you knew the bible oh, wow. and well it would be great you'd be out of a job <laughs> it wouldn't be much for the gift of teaching would there <laughs> okay let's be the equipped believers to serve oh this is so amazing to me 1st Corinthians 12:7 says for the common what for the common good 1st Peter 4:10 for everyone to serve one another. That's what it actually says, First Peter 4. To we serve one another. We use the gifts and talents. My favorite passage, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Ephesians. And listen to this. This is Ephesians. This is, uh, at our church we have the purpose. What's our purpose? Ma- no, our purpose is to make disciples. What's the plan? Equip the believers to do the ministry. That's Ephesians four 4.12, for the equipment of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ. That's why I have for you down there, Ephesians 4, 11, 12, and 13. That's where we equip the believers to do the ministry. Let me ask you something. Who is supposed to do all of the ministry in this church? <laughs> bossy. You can tell, Say, you can tell a bossy. The gift of bossy. We just invented a new gift, the gift of bossy. Who's supposed to do it? We are. All of us are. All of us are. I'm like the player coach. I get to coach you, but I'm supposed to be in the game too. I'm not just standing on the sidelines saying, y'all do the ministry, I'll stand back here and tell you what to do. No, no, no. We're all in the ministry. We're all in the business. But I get to be the one that helps train you, but we're all supposed to do it. But y'all are really supposed to do it. But yeah, so get on the stick. No, anyway, so just playing. Just play it. C to glorify God. First Peter four eleven. The end result of using our gifts is that God is glorified. Let me read this. This is so beautiful. He says, Whatever gifts you have, he says, that 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 through all of this God may be glorified through. Jesus Christ. That's, that's why we use our gifts, talents, and abilities, that God will be glorified. So, purpose of the gifts, accomplish the ministry, believers are equipped, God is glorified. So now, down at the bottom, why should we produce fruit? Let me ask you a question. Does it make any difference? Okay, how does it make a difference? Nothing not for salvation. Nothing for salvation. It doesn't make a difference as far as our personal salvation, producing fruit, uh, using our gifts, doesn't make any difference, Right as far as salvation is concerned. Okay, so why does it make a difference? I put right here, why should we produce fruit? Why should we be fruitful believers? Okay, glorify God. Get get rewards. Uh Huh? Well, yeah. When we're if we're if we're definitely showing the character of God and everything, you're right. We'll be loving one another, and they'll know that we belong to Christ by our love for one another. Well, I've got here uh, number one and number two. Number one is negative. Put negative. Here's a negative reason, and number two is going to be a positive reason. Okay. So why produce fruit? There's a negative reason and a positive reason. So let's, let's flip the page and go to the, to the negative. And let's just turn to John 15. This is where we started in John 15. So let's go back there and let's see something. Why produce fruit? Well, from the negative is, uh, if you don't produce fruit, you lose rewards. Look at uh, John 15, 6. If anyone does not abide in me, what is it? He's thrown away as a what? Anybody back there? Did anybody turn back to John 15? Yeah, turn back there. Look, look what he says. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a what? A as a branch. And he dries up. And they're burned. What is he talking about? He's not talking about salvation or anything. What's he talking about? Remember, the branch has to abide in order to do what? Produce fruit. If he doesn't abide, he's not producing fruit. He's like a branch that doesn't do anything. So what do they do with those branches? The only way you, burn it, you lose rewards. There's the negativeness of not producing fruit is you lose rewards. In fact, the way he's written in there, in verse six, he says, "If third class, if maybe, maybe not. If anyone does not abide in me, maybe they will, maybe they won't abide in me. If they don't, then they're dried up and tossed out. You wouldn't believe how many people use this passage to say you lose your salvation and you get burned up. What's he talking about? He's talking about producing fruit. He's talking about abiding. He's not talking about salvation." He uses the word what? Abide, abide, abide. Just remember that. Okay, there's a positive reason. And there is two things and they go together and they're in one verse. And they're in John chapter 15 verse 8. Tell me what they are. I'm going to read the verse and you tell me. By, my, my Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What two things are a positive of producing fruit? Okay, the Father is glorified. He says, by this, the Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And what else? <coughs> Do you prove to be his disciples. So when you're producing fruit, what are you proving? What are you showing that you're his disciple? You notice he didn't say prove to be a believer. Think about this. If you're not producing fruit, it doesn't say, oh, that proves you're not a believer. It does prove something. What does it prove? You're not a Disciple. Listen, if you produce fruit, you're a disciple. If you're not producing fruit, you're not a disciple. That's what he's talking about. And so he says, my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and thus prove to be my disciples. Wow. So summary and application, okay? Number one, understand the different levels of fruit. Understand the different levels of fruit. What would they be? No fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. 30, 60, 100. Yeah, and that's it. That's what you get. Number two, abide in Christ to produce fruit. Abide in Christ to produce fruit. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Do nothing. Number three, no uh, let 's say uh did we say that already let me look uh, know your sp- i want i want to say know and use your spiritual gifts but what uh, let's yeah, let 's put it that way know and use your spiritual gifts know what your gifts are and use them when I look around this room uh m- most of you in this room are serving somewhere doing something right now let me just say the key to this. If they said to me, let's say that somebody said to me, Would you would you mind just from now on just working in the nursery? I mean, could I do that? Sure I could do that. I mean I could do that and I could go back there and I could say, Oh, you know, I'm I'm supposed to help in the nursery. Is that using my spiritual gifts? Would I be how would I do after say three or four months of that? I'd be pretty frustrated. I mean I'd say, you know, this is this is not really any fun for me, you know? Now, but if you put me teaching, what am I saying? Do I ever want to stop teaching? I never want to stop teaching. You know, if you got to, When a person says, I, I, taught, uh, I taught for the last semester, but I think I really need a break. They don't have to get to teaching, let me tell you that. You don't want a break. You don't want a break. I teach eight times a week right now. I don't want to stop. I love it, right? So, so and, and if you've got to get the helps, you don't want to stop. If you've got to get the ministration, you don't want to stop. If you've got to get the mercy, you don't want to stop when you're using those gifts. And so, what I'm saying to you is, there's so many people who just start serving... Which is okay, but they never find where they're gifted. They never plug into where they're gifted, and if they don't, eventually they'll burn out. They'll say, "It's not that much fun." You know, I did that, and and now I, I want to do something else. Maybe yeah. Well, the truth is, find where you're matched. Find find what you can do, and and when you find it, your whole life will be the same. It'll never be the same. It'll never be the same. Well, if if we're talking about their musical ability, those aren't spiritual gifts. Okay. They have, they have a spiritual gift and well, I don't know what there is I, I know that uh, I know that one of them who actually leads the music probably has the gift of teaching. I know that because he's taught before, and he's a deacon in the church, and he serves a lot, so I might say that he probably has the gift of helps and teaching, but that has nothing to do with his leading music now he's also got music ability that he learned to play instruments when he was younger, and he's a he is a leader. And so he's able to help put these things together. So, so, so what you got to think about this. There there are people who do things um, that may not have anything to do with their gifts. But what I'm talking about, when you're servicing the body, uh, find places where it connects with your giftedness. The music is, is a little bit different. Those are abilities. Now, some of us, it doesn't matter how much you put us up there. They're going to ask us to step down, please. <laughs> Please don't get back up there again. Thank you so much. It, it, that, well, no, it, it has nothing to do with your giftedness. It has to do with your abilities and your talents. And uh, they're different. I always say gifts, talents, and abilities. There's some people that... They, they are gifted. Uh, Doug, I think, could fix anything. He could, fi- he could fix anything. Listen, Doug, I can break everything. I can break everything. We had this, we, we have, the, I got married to Jean and Jean's daddy was a farmer. He could fix anything. And I said, honey, I just want you to understand that I'm not like your daddy at all. I can't fix anything. So if anything breaks, we're going to call somebody because what'll happen is I'll try to fix it and it'll break much worse. And so she learned right off from the beginning, uh, she'll say, we need to call somebody because that's broken. I go, yeah, I'll call somebody because can't fix anything right fix it till it's huh huh fix it till it's I figure, yeah and so some so, but get Doug I think he could fix just about anything Doug, yeah you can you because you, you know how you just it's an ability that God has given him and there's some of you that like you can you can take math things and you can go right, that's 27 this and I go how did what what? <laughs> what what are you talking about I mean, did you how do you know that how do you do that? And there's some of you, you can just do anything. And, and uh, I mean, and then, and there's some of you can't do anything. And, but, no. <laughs> but what we got to do is find, for the body of Christ, it's spiritual gifts. Now, you can use talents. Use talents and abilities all throughout. If Doug came in and he said, I'm gonna, there's something wrong over here, I'm going to go fix that. That's not a spiritual gift. But that's a talent and ability, a spe- ability but something that is also perfected as time goes by. So there's two, there's two different things. So we can serve with all things. I always say find your gifts, talents, and abilities, but especially the spiritual gifts. Did we get number, we're on number three? Did we get number four? Let's get number four. The goal is that God is glorified as we produce fruit.